Hello everybody, this is episode 2 of the Spirit of 76 podcast. This is your host, James Nelson. This is my first real episode on the podcast. Uh, my first episode was just basically an introduction into what I'll be covering on this show. And so I figured there's no better way to kick this podcast off than talking about my favorite figure in American history, Abraham Lincoln. Uh, he's very much a fan favorite when it comes to those who have s- studied history, American and world history. In my opinion, he's the greatest president in American history and the greatest political leader in American history. He, he You just read his words, and the more you read him, the more... You open yourself up to who the man is. The more he leaves an imprint. Because you read the Gettysburg Address. Or you read his second inaugural. And you're just. Maybe it's just me. But you're. I'm totally enchanted. I, As someone who can truly appreciate. Articulate words. About ideas. I'm, I'm completely fascinated. By the complexity. And the deepness of of Abraham Lincoln. And when you talk about Abraham Lincoln, people usually usually just want to talk about his presidency, you know, his assassination, the Emancipation Proclamation, the Thirteenth Amendment. They want to just kind of talk about his presidency. But I think that if you really want to understand Abraham Lincoln, you really have to start from the beginning from being born in a very poor family in the backwoods of Kentucky in 1809. And how he had an illiterate father and his mother died when he was very young. And his sister died. <coughs> his sister died giving birth when uh, she was, when they were both young. And not to mention the death of his first love, Aunt Rutledge, all before he was, all before he was 25. So, When it comes to any sort of political leader who has risen or any sort of person who has risen to the prominence the way he has, such as, Aber- such as George Washington or Napoleon or LeBron James or anybody like that, that you need a rigid and strict sense of self-reliance and ambition because those two go hand in hand really if you think about it. Because if you have ambition to, say, become the CEO of a big company, ambition is more of a long-term goal. That's, you, it's, what, it's what you see yourself as in 10 or 20 years. But it is a self-reliance which gets you through every day, which helps you towards that goal. And so I think he was born with a great sense of ambition. I think a lot of people are, but people don't have the self-reliance to really carry themselves through. But I think why Abraham Lincoln was so rare is because he had that ambition, but he also had a strict and rigid self-reliance. And he he earned that when he when he had to go through all these hardships in life at a very early age and he he had to learn that when he moved to New Salem on his own and had to study the law by himself 
and he mastered um he mastered uh i can't remember what he he mastered i believe six books of euclid which is very complex math and he just mastered it because he he loved that stuff he loved learning he he loved pushing himself and going through and and making himself better and that i believe was his i believe it was mostly his self reliance he he had to learn to rely on his own skills because think about this all right he's the greatest president in american history right by most assumptions and yet he only had one full year of schooling and yet he's the most articulate most well thought out president ever and how is that well it's because he learned to think he learned to grow on his own he learned to not rely on other people's belief or other people's opinions he wanted to come to those beliefs by himself which make those beliefs even stronger you see he didn't believe in emancipation or liberation or or freedom because other people wanted him to believe that he believed it because he really believed that he was a true idealist in that sense and that's why his ideas he could correlate and he could articulate so well was because he truly believed them because gettysburg address was only 2 minutes long but it shaped the world because he truly believed that because of because of the civil war there would be a rebirth of freedom as he says and so i just i think that that's what's lost really in today's society is that there is no real self-reliance anymore people like to be comfortable with their own opinions because it makes them feel safe they don't want to stretch their minds they don't want to to search for the truth because they think they already have it and and when they believe they have that so-called truth then they're very ignorant about it and they don't want to hear other people's ideas which don't correlate with their own sense of truth and just to kind of skip a <laughs> change topics but stay on the same sort of uh <clears throat> issue about Abraham Lincoln or the same discussion is that during during his presidency you think about what he had to put up with you know he he had a crazy wife his favorite son uh willie died uh in the middle of his presidency and then he had to deal with mcclellan and the incompetent generals and he also had to deal with the radicals and the conservatives because the radicals in the in congress the liberal republicans they thought he was too conservative they thought that they, he didn't care about slaves and emancipation but the conservative faction they thought he was just some wacky liberal who didn't care about winning the war but only wanted black freedom and so he didn't really have any true allies and so it was because he came from nothing and had to rely on, on himself that he could deliver the nation through the darkest time in american history because he had to rely on his own political skills because think about it what if they would have had some 
Harvard graduate student who grew up wealthy. I don't know. Just someone who who got the typical liberal education. He wouldn't have a true sense of self-reliance. He would have a, a reliance based on other people's opinions. Because he would he had gone through all the norms of society. He had he he wasn't he wasn't an outsider. He was he was a true insider who had gone through just a stereotypical education. And what I think is, you look at all these leaders in in, in history. You look at the greatest people who have done the the most change. They are the most self reliant ones. They are almost to the point of arrogance self reliant. But I think that in order to be a great leader, you have to find a certain mix of of self-reliance and will and just an open an open mind because but not too much of an open like you there's a certain point where you know what you believe and you know what you believe is true and so you hold on to that based on your principles all right but if you, if you just if you don't actually believe it's the truth and you're just holding on to it because it makes you comfortable. Well, that's where you're. That's that's your own. That's faulty right there. That's not. That's not smart. So Abraham Lincoln is is very self reliant, open minded, but not to mention his personality. You know, he's kind, charitable, humble. There's not really a, a checklist for for leadership. You know, for, as far as personality. You know, people when they when they say leadership, they associate oratory and and uh, intelligence and uh, certain skills like that. And hardly any leader checks off on all of them, but Abraham Lincoln checks off on most of them. But he has this this personality, this set of morals and beliefs. And he is, by all accounts, the kindest man who has ever walked the earth. There's a great <clears throat> story about him that I that I heard on a trip to Washington D.C. last summer at the soldiers' home. And the story was that it was in the dark days of the Civil War, and North was losing, and everyone was frustrated with Abraham Lincoln, and no one really liked him that much. It was just looking dark for the Union. And this officer in the Army uh, came to Lincoln, um, as a lot of office seekers did, with a, with a favor he could ask for Abraham Lincoln. And the favor was that the officer's wife had was on a ship and was traveling up to the north and was fired upon by the Union and was killed. And this was hostile territory. And the officer requested of Abraham Lincoln to to allow him permission to go into this hostile territory and try to find his wife. And Abraham Lincoln being very, very frustrated, very irritated by people, very calmly, very politely said, I can't deal with this. Talk to Stanton, my, who was the department, um, Department of War. 
um, he was the head guy of the Department of War, and so he just said, talk to the, talk to Stanton, he would, he knows better than I, and the officer goes, I already talked to Stanton, I, I already, I already asked him, and he, he said no, and so Lincoln, very frustrated with this man, very frustrated at the situation, just kind of, sort of, not freaks out, but just kind of, just kind of lets him know that, hey, this isn't my problem. I, I don't, I can't help you. This, this isn't my job to help you. My job, I, I can't focus on this. There are much more pressing matters at hand, which is very understandable. Everyone probably would have done the same and more. And so, and so the officer leaves. A couple of days later, Abraham Lincoln writes him a letter. And he had gone to Stanton. He had got the papers himself. He had persuaded Stanton to give him permission to let this officer go. And he had done this all by himself. And he wrote him about three days later with all the passes and everything to let him go through the line. And he said, sorry for my outburst. I'm not usually like that. And he says something like, I hope you find your wife. And it's just so impressive to me that a leader dealing with so much could have the mag magnanim magnanimity to see through other people's lens as a human being and as, a, as someone who had tremendous grief and could act in such a virtuous manner in such a dark and dreary time. And I asked myself, would I be willing to do that? Am I, am I kind enough? Am I, do I have the heart to do that? And, and I hope I do, but I'm not sure if I do. But it's just stories like that that really, that really touch me. And then there's another one that I like, which just really shows you how articulate and how kind and how open-minded he really was and how much he really just wanted to do his job to the best that he could. And um, it's his second inaugural. And at the time of his second inaugural, the North was winning the war. They were gonna, they were gonna win the war within the next couple of weeks. It was inevitable. Everyone knew what was gonna happen and People were excited. And in his second inaugural speech, towards the end, he goes, talking about the South, he says, and remember, people hated the South and the North because they had caused, they, they were the perpetrators of this whole entire civil conflict. And people were expecting him to say, this is the South's fault. The reason for all this is because of slavery in the South and, and they're wicked and they're vile people. And yet Abraham Lincoln goes up there and says, with malice toward none, with charity for all, with firmness in the right, as God gives us to see the right, let us strive to finish the work we are in. And to truly understand that, if you truly understand the con the context of of that time and his speech, 
it's just fascinating that he could still be thinking about about trying to bind up the nation's wound and not trying to not trying to talk about how much of a good man he was but he, he had the humility to say with malice toward none with charity for all and in today's world where it's just a cesspool of just personal attacks and vanity it's just amazing to see that someone as powerful as him could say with malice toward none with charity for all when talking about the enemy and I think that it really teaches us how how a true leader really is because whether or not you like Trump you hate Trump you didn't like Obama you liked Obama they didn't have the guts they did not have the metal that it had to say that and Trump could say what he wants about North Korea and, and being tough like that but he does not have the, the emotional capacity to say something like that about his enemy and I hope that we can learn from, from that that's why it's so fat that's why American history is so important we need to understand how rare and how beautiful such a thing like that really is to comprehend because we use worse language for the other political side right now Abraham Lincoln talking about the South and his enemy is more kind and more cheerful than liberals and conservatives talking about each other. And that's the truth. I mean, really, try to let that sink in. Abraham Lincoln's words towards the enemy are kinder and more fair than those we use with people in our own country who we work with people in our family, in our community. And why is that? Really ask yourself why that is. I think it's because everyone's so sensitive now and people don't like ideas like they used to. But I just think when it comes to Lincoln, that is the ultimate beacon of light that I that a person on earth can achieve well that's my summation of Abraham Lincoln I I hope you enjoyed it um, I'll do more like these I'll probably do another one about Abraham Lincoln just because I love him so much but thanks to all those who tuned in I appreciate you guys and uh, I'll see you next time.